Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Have a unique postcard today. It's actually a prayer card. This was uh, in the mail the other day from the Reed family, Chris and Becca. And Chris and Becca, we love you guys. And their kids, Ethan, Selah, a rider and Asher, they're serving in the country of Thailand, uh, doing a great job reaching people for Christ. And they sent me this, this postcard slash prayer card along with two bags of bean, coffee beans from Thailand. Now that, my friends, is a gift. So thank you for that. We ought to be blessing you as missionaries and you're blessing us. So I'll just say this. Uh, let's be praying for the Reed family today in Thailand. And if you're looking for a good missionary to support or to bless, I can highly recommend uh, Chris and Becca Reed. Chris served as a firefighter in Las Vegas before God called him to ministry. And he's just, he's putting out a different kind of fire right now in Thailand. So pray for them uh, as they continue to serve the Lord. Thank you for that card, Chris and Becca. We are in Mark chapter number eight in our Bible. And we uh, yesterday talked a bit about that conundrum. Like, why would Jesus be touching this blind man and not seeing immediate results? Like, why did the blind man see only partially and then upon the second touch see clearly? Obviously, this is not a lack of power on the part of Jesus, but this is a matter of Jesus teaching us something significant. What is that significant teaching? Well, today we're going to discover that. So Mark chapter eight, verse number 27. So from that spot in Bethsaida, they're going to head north. Now, how do I know that? Because I'm going to take out a Bible map and look at Bethsaida. I'm going to take out a Bible map and look at where they're going next, which is Caesarea Philippi. And I'm going to note that that's straight up north. And I've made this trip on a number of occasions and so Jesus and his disciples are walking, walking, walking up north. And they're going to a place called Caesarea Philippi, which really back in Jesus' day was a very a popular place. It was at a crossroads. It was a very secular place, a secular city. It's where Herod Agrippa uh, II lived uh, and built a palace. It was a, it was a thriving place, city. And it was also a place of false worship. It was a place where the god Pan, P-A-N, the half goat, half man, was worshipped. Also, the emperor was worshipped there. A temple was built. And there were a plurality of false gods. And it was just a wicked place. The, the worship of these gods involved some pretty sordid things. I mean, just some things we can't talk about in a mixed audience. Really, really bad. So Jesus and his disciples are making their way north. Remember, this is a season in Jesus' ministry where it just seems as if most people aren't seeing it. Most people are not seeing him as Messiah. 
Uh, They're looking for a king. They're looking for a ruler. They're looking for a general. They're looking for a warrior. They're looking for somebody to get rid of Rome. Uh, They're not seeing the fact that Jesus is the suffering servant. He is the lamb of God. Uh, That's the way John introduced him, but people aren't seeing it. Now, who is seeing it? Well, the disciples, uh, they're seeing it, but are they seeing it clearly? Not really. Uh, they, they are following Jesus. They're, they're seeing it, but they're not understanding all of it. It's almost as if they are the ones who have been touched by the Lord, but they can't see clearly yet. Are you beginning to see maybe why Jesus did this miracle? Remember, Jesus touched the blind man. He could see, but not really. He touched him again. Now we can see clearly, and he said, now don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Now keep that in mind because you're going to see a very similar thing happen now as Jesus arrives at Caesarea Philippi. So look at verse number 27. And Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, he asked his disciples saying unto them, Whom do men say that I am? Fellas, how are people identifying me? What are you hearing? Now, remember, the disciples had already traveled to the villages of Galilee on their own, two by two. So they had ministered apart from Jesus. They weren't always with him. So, you know, as you have been out and about, you know, what are you hearing about me, about my identity? And watch what they say in verse number 28. They answered, John the Baptist. Remember, John the Baptist has been executed by Herod Antipas. And some people are saying, well, Jesus might be John the Baptist raised from the dead. What else are people saying? Some say Elias or uh, Elijah. Remember, uh, they had asked John that, are you Elijah? And certainly Jesus was a dynamic prophet and preacher. Maybe he's Elijah. Maybe he's John the Baptist. Then the Bible says, and others, one of the prophets. If you read the parallel account in Matthew chapter 16, some were saying, well, maybe he's Jeremiah. But they were misidentifying. They were seeing, but not seeing. The disciples were saying, this is what people are saying. And then watch what Jesus says in verse 29. And he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Okay, another way to, to ask that question would be, okay, but what do you see? What do you see? Now, you, you've, you, you, I've touched you. You've been around me. Okay, but, but now that you've, that you've been around longer, what are you seeing? And watch what they say. And Peter, I think speaking for all of them, answered and saith unto him, thou art the Christ. Now we see a fuller version of that confession in Matthew chapter 16, the more famous passage. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And remember Jesus said, flesh and blood hath not revealed that unto you, but my father, which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter. That means a little stone, a little pebble. But upon this rock, referring to himself, the ledge I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
So if you were to go to Caesarea Philippi today, I've been there on many occasions. I'd love to take you. What you would see is a big ledge, a big rock face. And in that rock face, there's a huge cave that back in Jesus' day, uh, the the spring, the water, the, the Banyas River that comes out of that, one of the three rivers that can flows to form the Jordan River, uh, comes from that cave. And they falsely thought that that cave really was a cave to the underworld. And they worshipped the false gods from there because that was kind of the connection to the underworld, a gods like Pan. And they built their temples there. And they would make their sacrifices there, even human sacrifice. They'd throw their children into that cave. The cave was called the gates of hell. It was a very popular religious spot during Jesus' day. So can you picture it? Jesus is there with his disciples. They're seeing these crowds. They're seeing this popular religion. And they're looking at their own group and realizing, hey, we're not getting bigger. We're getting smaller. Our ministry is not getting more popular. It's becoming less popular. And yet Jesus said, no, just like they've built their religion into that ledge, into that physical rock face, the gates of hell, so I will build my church organically. The people that will believe on me, the body of Christ, I will build them in me. I will. I am the ledge, and I will build them in me, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, the most popular religion of this day in this area will not survive, but we What I build, you, my assembly, you will survive. What's interesting is if you go to Israel today, to Caesarea Philippi, you know what you'll see there? No no worship of Pan, no worship of the emperor, no temples to them. You'll just see ruins. But you know what you will see there? You'll see hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands and millions of Christians who visit that as a Christian site to remember Jesus. You know what's happened? Jesus has built his church and is building it. And the gates of hell have not prevailed against it. Wow, what a a great living prophecy that is. Now, what did Jesus say to Peter? When Peter declared on behalf of the disciples, we know who you are. We see clearly You are the Messiah. Watch what Jesus says, verse number 30. And he charged them that they should tell no man of him. Boy, do you see the same template? Remember the blind man? He touched the blind man, could kind of see. He touched him again. Now I can see clearly, don't tell anybody. So the disciples, they could kind of see. And then they hung around with Jesus. Now they can clearly see he's the Messiah. Then Jesus says, don't tell anybody. Now, why would Jesus tell his disciples not to tell anybody? I mean, after all, when we find out who Jesus is, is that not the time to tell everybody? Yeah, but there's something more to this. And again, I hate to cliffhang you on two episodes in a row, but we're out of time. So we're going to come back to this. Why? Why would Jesus say, don't tell anybody? Because there's something more they need to know before that message can be trumpeted that much more clearly. So we'll talk about that next episode. Hope you have a great day today. Thanks for listening. God bless you, my friends. 
Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.